Hello and welcome to this edition of Secure Networks, the Endace Packet Forensic Files with your host, Michael Morris. This week's special guest is Betty Dubois, CEO for Packet Detectives and renowned Sharkfest speaker. Betty, first of all, thank you for joining. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Thanks, Michael. Um, I'm the head of a boutique professional services firm. We provide application and network troubleshooting for our clients based on packet analysis. I like to say we lower mean time to mystery solved. Personally, I've been deep into packet analysis since I started with Network General back in 1997. So just a little while now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Betty, I was just my next question was that uh, you're a known industry expert in network investigations and Wireshark. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing NetOps and SecOps teams facing in terms of the challenges with all going on in the world and the massive shift to remote workers. Well, I think they are facing um, similar challenges that we first faced when we went to the cloud. You know, number one, bandwidth and capacity of our connections. Only now we're adding the VPN concentrator or concentrators to the mix. And they were designed and provisioned for X users. And now all of a sudden we're serving X cubed. You know, will it hold? Will it give warnings before it chokes? Will bugs manifest themselves that before were hidden away, but now pop up because of the load? Then of course, you know, both uh, NetOps and SecOps having to make adjustments in a fishbowl, you know, to their environments. I mean, look at Zoom mm -hmm. and how much growth is experienced and how it so quickly had to get more secure. And the next thing you knew, version five popped out and, uh, you know, using AES 256-bit, you know, GCM. And that came out in like, what, like two weeks from when it first started yeah. to be obvious that, you know, gosh, a lot of stuff is clear text in Zoom, which it was. Okay. But, you know, meanwhile, at the same time, you know, there's poor NetOps trying to go ahead and support 300 million meeting participants just back in April. So I think it's just volume, but it's coming through a different area, you know, very similar when we push stuff to the cloud. Yeah. Betty, what are some recent challenges your clients are coming to you with, and how are you helping them solve those issues? Well, my clients lean more towards the small and medium business mm -hmm. size, and they're focused right now on survival. Yeah. I'm getting more requests for packet analysis <clears throat> um, where they send me a PCAP, um, and it's you know a two- to four-hour gig versus a full-blown consulting engagements where I bring in the equipment, set it all up, and actually do the analysis there, which is more, you know, three to five day type of situation. But the core questions really haven't changed. You know, why can't I connect? Mm -hmm. Why am I getting this error? Right. Or why is it slow? Right? And to get definitive answers quickly, you need packets. So they still need me to analyze those. Just um, I'm feeling I'm feeling the COVID pinch. <laughs> I I get it. I I hear mm -hmm. lots of SecOps teams and NetOps teams are. Um, mm -hmm. Are there some network investigation best practices 
you see these groups, NetOps and SecOps teams doing to adjust to the new paradigms? Well, I think that working with more data points um, is becoming easier for uh, different people. I've seen that a lot more as far as before. They might have only gotten uh, certain statistics, you know, MRTG way, way, way back. But now I, what I see is they're working with more data points, especially what's coming in through the firewall, through the router, through the VPN concentrator. And I see them verifying their tools can handle that new monitor load whether that's hardware or software, all right? It's, that's what's most important for the incidents response and the troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. the, you know, the upside is, if there's any, is that the data used to be coming in from 40 different locations into the data center. Mm -hmm. And now it come, most of it, predominant majority comes through, you know, one or more VPN concentrators. And so the backside of those are, you know, ideal capture points. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great point. Um, Betty, you offer training and services in helping clients solve really complex network issues. What is some advice you would recommend to our listeners to improve their network investigation skills and competencies and, and overall company processes? Well, I think the biggest one is don't operate in reactive mode only you know, carve out some time each day. I know that's an impossible task, yeah. but carve out some time each day to learn a little bit about your network. You know, focus on different things each day or each couple of days, mm -hmm. whether it's verifying your QoS markings, your quality of service markings, um, you know, are they staying the same in, in more than one location, right? They may be configured correctly, but as they travel, are they still there or are they being changed, right? You know, are those tags being respected? Especially we're looking so much at, you know, video conferencing right now. Mm -hmm. it, it can't really see the benefit of that higher priority if some box along the path flips the bits to go ahead and make it back to default, right? right? You know, and then uh, looking at things like uh, the effects of different TCP errors, in Wireshark, you know, um, so many of them, how they could be interpreted and how they could be applied might be completely different right. than what they seem. For the biggest example for me is window full. Oftentimes people see that message in Wireshark and they think, well, Betty's the source of that packet, so Betty's window must be full, mm -hmm. right? No, 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 no. Michael's the destination of that packet and the last time Michael told me his window size, you know, I'm like, okay, I have just enough to send one more packet and then it'll be full, which is totally cool. I mean, you said you had a, enough data to have one more packet, so I sent you one, right? But that filled your window right. and now the window is full. So you see how easy it would be to misinterpret that yeah. and think the issue is, you know, on my host versus the other side. And so, so looking at how your tools work and what they're really trying to tell you versus what's the fastest thing for you to assume. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, not waiting until you've got a mission critical app that is, you know, going haywire and suddenly you're like, oh, now I have to, you know, Google this. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, welcome to the vortex. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Every time I talk to you, see, you're always teaching me something new on uh, packet uh, packet profiles and packet headers. Um, on that, I often hear you know comments from our customers and SecOps teams that we engage with. Not everyone can be a packet expert, and and frankly, as you know, those skills are often hard to find in organizations. Um, but give some tips to folks who are just getting started or really trying to increase their expertise? Well, this will sound weird, <laughs> but I've been saying it for years. You should sniff yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're the user, right, correlating what you just did to what you see in the PCAP really makes it so much That's easier. True. Yeah. You know, I opened a browser. I went to endace.com. What happened in the background for me to do that? Oh, look, a DNS request, right? right. Or I just sent a, a file to the printer. What had to go on for me to do that? Oh, wow, look at all this LDAP and Kerberos traffic and DNS traffic for that. You know, what, what is that all about? Oh, yeah, that's right. And then there's my printer file. And you see those relationships and those dependencies between the protocols. And it helps you to understand, especially if you filter for one conversation at a time. Don't make yourself crazy. Just do one thing at a time and walk it through through all the steps. And that builds your confidence. Yeah. Next thing you know, you start to look at more and look at more. Okay. Good tip. Many, many folks are familiar with Wireshark. Um, but what are key insights you can recommend to people? to be more advanced power users. I know in your class, I learned a ton of things, but share some of your top items. <laughs> well, I think everyone should attend SharkFest. I think it, you know, when you download Wireshark, you should just automatically have to go to SharkFest, right? And uh, it's a conference that combines users with developers. So we all get a chance to learn from each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually this year I'm going to be teaching uh, a pre-conference uh, class on uh, profiles. Okay. So optimizing filters, uh, protocol settings, columns, colors, you know, the goal being to save a lot of time mm -hmm. when you're under that, you know, under that gun. Mm -hmm. And uh, personally, I set mine uh, by protocol and or OSI model layer. Um, and then uh, so after profiles. Uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, starting from the OSI, going all the way up, you know, learn your routing protocols, learn your layer four, learn TCP, mm -hmm. like the back of your hand, and then get into your application layer protocols, right? Because if you don't, you know, look at the bottom up, you can't troubleshoot from the bottom up. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, yes, my application was slow. Well, you knew that going in. And uh, the question is, it, you know, you can try to fix it at layer seven, but if you don't fix it at layer three, it'll never be fixed, right? Oh. And it'll just manifest and manifest and manifest. That, that's a that's a great point. And, and I, I hear on that, you know, I was talking to a CTO the other day who was talking about a bunch of interns they had. And security interns don't often maybe mm -hmm. have that exposure to the whole OSI stack. So that's right. A, that's they a, weren't that's forced a to look, learn it like we were. Exactly. <laughs> Um, what's the biggest misconception you believe uh, folks have about PCAP data? Well, I think that people think 
that it's too overwhelming to work with. And the big help, I think, is knowing what you're searching for or using some type of search vehicle uh, like Zeek, you know, in the application mm -hmm. doc, right, to go ahead and search for different things will help you to find things right away. And if you can find or if you can search, then you can filter. And, you know, all you have to have are the packets themselves. So the key is, of course, you know, instrumentation to get the packets themselves. But either either method, mm -hmm. right, um, all it ever takes is finding one problem in the packets to feel that rush <laughs> of being a packet hero and you're hooked. <laughs> but, you know, you have to get over that being overwhelmed with data. Don't yeah. look at the stuff that works. Oh, for heaven's sakes, don't look at that. All right. Oh, it works. Don't worry about it. You know, focus on the stuff that you're there to look at. Otherwise, again, you're in that vortex. Yeah. Filtering down. That's the key. I agree. Um, Betty, again, want to thank you for your time. But as, as I always close these, these conversations, I really want to ask the kind of one really open-ended question. What do you recommend to our listeners of one thing to look out for or think about over the next six to 18 months in this ever-shifting battle around network security and network performance? Uh, learn about DNS over TLS. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know, and learn where you can still get the information that you need and what you have to do to get more information. You know, okay. is it really required to have decryption to troubleshoot it? It depends. You know, is it really required to go ahead and have decryption um, to, you know, to look at TLS? Mm -hmm. You know, can you can troubleshoot with the handshake? You can net ops with the handshake. The question is, can you really, you know, are you troubleshooting the the stuff behind it? Or are you just troubleshooting the actual connection? So you have to understand how it works to answer that question. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's tremendous. And it's funny you mentioned that one because more and more issues I'm seeing are security breaches hidden in DNS traffic. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. so so DNS, you know, over TLS, it's just like, you know, it makes troubleshooting harder, and you have to look at, you know, what are they hiding, right? Yeah. And you know, and, and what is going on there? Yeah. And you know, what type of traffic do they do next? Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it's, and there's so many data points. There we go. <laughs> right back to the last question. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Betty, thank you for taking some time out of your day. Thank you for joining and sharing your tremendous insights in how to be better at network investigations. Uh, I'd ask our listeners to tune in next time for another edition of the Endace Packet Forensic Files. For more information about Endace's network packet capture platform and our integrations with our Fusion Technology partners, please go to endace.com. Thank you again, Betty. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you.